You are listening to the Holistic Travel Nurse Podcast. Thanks for stopping in. Usually I share amazing ways to take care of your health naturally. And I hope you are doing something naturally for your health. I hope you are picking up a good salad and you're choosing organic and you're doing something natural for your health. I hope that you are stocking up on beans and rice to be a survivalist. I hope that you are eating good quality food. I hope you are not going through the drive through that often. I hope you are making healthy choices. So with that said, let's talk about the wake of the world right now um, and what I have on what I have on my telegram that let's start with something good and then um, gosh these videos just crack me up um, and then I'll share the stuff so these are people that are going to the market here hey how you doing buddy uh, at a target somebody, uh, it's a uh, first name Lesko yeah. uh, Brandon yeah Let's go, Brandon. Your party's waiting for you at guest service. Let's go, Brandon. Your party's waiting for you at guest service. Hey, how you doing, buddy? Here is data from Ireland in a town called okay, Waterford. They note that 99.7% of all adults, 18 and older, in Waterford are now fully vaccinated against COVID-19. And this was reported on September 23rd. And then three weeks later, on October 11th, they reported that Waterford now has the highest incidence of COVID in Ireland. Well, this has happened all over the world. Every place they do mass vaccination, the number of COVID cases and, and the number of COVID deaths goes up. And here are two examples, one in a monastery and one in the on the island of Gibraltar. There is a monastery in Kentucky. Two sisters at Villa Hills Monastery died from COVID-19 after 28 tests positive. A COVID-19 outbreak at a northern Kentucky monastery claimed the lives of two nuns as more than a do- a two dozen other sisters tested positive. The question is, how did the coronavirus get in? During the pandemic, the sisters of St. Walberg closed the monastery to visitors and held no religious services in the hopes of staying healthy. We were very shocked by it because we've been extremely closed down. We have not gone anywhere to speak of, and we've had no, we, we haven't had visitor, visitors. 28 of the 35 sisters tested positive, and sadly, two of them have passed away. The outbreak comes just two days after the sisters got their first COVID-19 vaccination shot. Da, 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 da. This is an article, an incredible article by a veteran medical and science correspondent. The vaccine connection to death on the rock. It says Gibraltar has lost 94 lives to COVID-19, the highest COVID mortality rate proportional to its population in the world, with it also being the world leader in vaccinating its people. And the question naturally arises, could there be a connection? 78 of the 94 deaths occurred after the vaccination campaign began on January 10th, mainly using the Pfizer injection. Chief Minister uh, Fabian Picard to describe the crisis as the worst loss of life of Gibraltarians in over 100 years. Even in war, we have never lost so many in such a short time. So um, let me tell you a story. So this happened yesterday. As I'm recording this in October, I'm still working in the hospitals. I'll be soon working out of the hospitals. I'd be so glad about that. But I was in an ACU. We'll remain nameless the ICU. And um, in with my patient and I looked down and I see lots of nurses running down. I didn't hear the code overhead or if there was a code overhead or anything. I heard something. And um, so I peeked my head out the door to see what room it is just to be curious. And so with that said, I uh, look and I'm like, they're doing something in the hall and the crash cart's definitely in the hall. And I'm like, what? I'm like, it's the beginning of sh- change shift. I don't think we have any family here. Did a patient actually get up and they're working a code in the hallway is what my thought pattern was. So I walk a little closer, curiosity. Um, I wasn't helping. Uh, they didn't need my help. Um, and, you know, there's a nurse um, doing CPR. 
And I look, you know, to see who the heck, what's going on. It was another nurse on the floor. She's giving CPR too. Come to find out this particular nurse, I would say in their 40s, 50s, not definitely older than that, um, started having some, not making sense with her speech. Guess what that's a sign of. And then started seizing, decorticate, like inward, okay? And so they put her on the ground. She stopped breathing. And they worked a code. And they got her back, sent her the ER, can't tell anything more. Of course I say a prayer, but then in the back of my head, I'm like, oh my God, she's had a CVA and she's taken the jab. And why I say that is because, you know what? When I was a nurse, I worked years, you know, as a CNA first. And then when you finally get that nursing license under you, and then you get that responsibility of like, oh my gosh, these people's hands and your life's are in your hands. And then I worked all sorts of areas before in my particular area. And I used to think you would, you would, I would, they went through classes. Thank God I went through a new glad class and I got taught how to think like the doctors do, how to catch their mistakes, the pharmaceutical mistakes, and to say, okay, so these are these symptoms, these are these things, I'm supposed to catch it. We do that when it comes to stroke protocol, cardiac protocols, those are things that we know when we go through those certifications, right? Those are the things that nurses in that area have to know. And people in those healthcare, you know, just have to know. And it just, it just dawned on me. I mean, because I, I know that, um, I put a post on this on actually on my Facebook. I can't believe it was, wasn't taken down. And that someone's like, thank you for being bold and saying that. Another person's like, I work in the ER and we constantly see injury, 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 and not being reported to VAERS. And that the true reason is this, the shots. My theory is in the beginning when they started these shots, gosh, I'm trying to think when they started giving out the vaccines. It's almost been a year, maybe. So I think out of like, say, five vials, there was one that actually had the crap in it that's causing all the problems. And then four that were placebo, saline, maybe. Because it's not even a true vaccine. It doesn't have a piece of the virus supposedly in it like you're all supposed to get with all the other crappy vaccines. I meant to share with you guys, I do have that book. I just have not had time to start reading it about the truth about the cover-ups with all the vaccines. Uh, and I'll let you go purchase it eventually on your own and go read it on your own. But it's out there to say. Okay, let's go back onto my telegram. Here is data from three I love this. named in the Bible, Michael, Gabriel, and Lucifer. Two of them are still in place. One is not. Jesus said one of them fell like lightning. He saw Satan fall like lightning. He had instruments on the inside of him. He could sing better than everybody you know put together. But instead of the worship coming through him, he wanted it to come to him. So God had to kick him out because nobody can handle worship but the living God. And nobody is worthy of worship but the living God. The reason why the enemy hates you so much is because you and I get to worship God out of choice. He failed once and got kicked out. We fail all the time and he still wants to hear from us. Ooh, that was so good. I don't know who that preacher was, but it was a TikTok. You literally and then he says, Mama awoke. I love this. Mask 
knowing that that mask is killing people. It literally is killing people. And my, the people, we the people, are waking up. And we know what citizen's arrest is. Because citizen's arrests are already happening, okay? And every single one of you that are obeying the devil's laws are going to be arrested. And you, doctor, are going to be arrested for crimes against humanity. Every single one of you have a smirk behind that little mask. But every single one of you are going to get punished by God. You cannot, you cannot escape God. You cannot escape God. I'm going to say that again. You cannot escape God, not even with the mask or six feet. Okay? Six feet, like I said before, is military protocol. You're trying to get the people to train them so when the, the cameras, the 5G comes out, what? They're, they're gonna they're gonna scan everybody. We gotta get scanned. We gotta get temperature. The kids have to go to school with masks. Are you insane? Are you crazy? I think all of you should be in a psych ward right the heck now because none of you, none of you know what the hell you are all talking about. This is insane. And then you want to open this meeting with a prayer to God. Are you praying to the devil? Because God is not listening to that prayer because all of you are practicing the devil's laws. What happened to Bill Gates? Why is he not in jail? Why is Hillary Clinton not in jail? Why are all of, all of these pedophiles that are demanding you all to, to listen to their rules? Why are they not in jail? Oh, is it because you're part of them? Thank are you part of the deep your state? Time has expired. The deep state is going yeah, down. And if any of you are morning. in the deep So they're waking up. This is um, in the UK that they have shut down a um, testing system. And there's just massive people. So this is the stuff that the news is not talking about. This is what we need to talk about. They are turning over tables. They are like, no, we're not doing this. We are, I think this is in the UK, but I can't remember where this is. But the cameras are there. They ain't covering it. We didn't hear the mainstream media. Here's another one. There's applause. I appreciate it. I never thought I'd be alive to see how this world ends. With dinosaurs, big storm clouds, nobody would have guessed. That newsman on the TV must have gone way back in time. Seems like all he wants is trouble and all he sees is black and white. We won't forget the 13 souls that never made it home Or the reason why they didn't But I pray God bless them all It seems like we forgot about what matters in this world Like family and damn good friends We stand the ground and we planted our roots in Hold it down with the colors of freedom now can't you hear that sound of old glory? She's throwing her hands up. We're singing that all new American anthem. Yeah, let's go, Brandon. <laughs> I love it. Totally love it. So um, you can go see this cute kid that's um, made up that video on uh, my Telegram. And I just wanted to, I mean, I don't even know what to say if you've had it. I, I hope you're upping your vitamin C. I hope that you're working on your vitamin D. Gosh, vitamin D is so important. 
if you're doing something natural and amazing for your body and your mind and your soul, um, you have to feed all of them because eventually the body will decay. Your, your soul is going to live on. Um, it's either has two places that are calling home, heaven or hell. And it's simple decision that you have to make. You believe in Jesus that he's died for your sins and you accept him as your savior or you choose not, you know, um, there's so much negativity out there and it's so simple and they try to complicate things, but it's so simple. God made it so simple. And he's like, okay, I want you to live this way. They're trying to go all opposite of what the Bible says. Because he goes, I think it's better if you do this. You better have this. Because he just knows, oh, you're going to have a happier life if you do this, if you walk this way. If you have a husband and wife together, not the two sexes together. You can't, you, you can't make, you can't, pro, he can't actually produce another human. I'm sorry. Two males can't produce another human without somebody else coming involved. It's not natural. You don't see it in mammals. You see mammals that actually mate for a lifetime. Boy, I know I'm going to touch on and make some people pissed with this, but I think it's time to stand our ground and our faith. I'm not saying I don't love anybody who decides to do something that's sinful. We love the person. We hate the sinner. We hate the sin. We all come short of God. But we have fallen so far away from those simple, simple guidelines that he wants us to live by. Thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not whatever. And I think this um, mom that was right or whoever it was standing there, mama bear in front of people saying, you know what? You're going to pay citizens arrest. I think that's how we fight the tyranny with noncompliance right now. And we um, come together and start doing citizens arrests. If your local, you need to know if your local um, sheriff's department is constitutional. And if it isn't, then it's time to elect somebody else. It's time to have a conversation with them. I'm not sure. I'm in the area, still in the area of Texas where I feel, gosh, it's so free here. You know, Um, I'm going to be traveling to an area where it's uh, not free and I'm not going to feel safe where I'm buying a taser, where I know I need to protect myself and not, I'm not going to know that that cop's going to be there to protect me because that there isn't enough of them. They're stepping out. They're defunding them for a reason. If you do not see what is going on in the world, the spiritual and the physical all coming together, then you are lost, my friend. You are lost. And all I can do is sit there and pray for you. Because I completely see it for what it is right now. And my dogs do too. They are go out and see the window. Hey, be nice, Zorro. Sorry, back in the RV. Um, so can't get the way from the dogs. Back in the RV for a little bit and then on the road soon. So I could definitely use your prayers about being on the road. If you are uh, a believer and uh, you want to uh, support me in any way you can, that would be one way. It's just to absolutely have your prayers um someone else shared something on my telegram let's see if i can get this open i don't it was youtube i can't believe this is going to stay open so let's see hi i I almost didn't make it i was using a wrong link so i'm glad i'm zoom savvy and i found it (laughs) oh i'm glad you are zoom savvy thank you for making it that's good (laughs) 
I wouldn't miss it. I'm honored to be here, guys. Thanks for having me. So I'm Jessica. I'm from Canada, and I have a background in immunology and applied mathematics, computational biology, a little bit of biochemistry, a little bit of molecular biology. And lately, I've been doing some VAERS data analysis. So I prepared a little presentation for everyone, uh, just for you guys. And it's, of course, October 11th. Thanks for having me again, everyone in the World Council for Health. I'm honored to be able to share with you some data. The next three slides are just screenshots of three recent publications that I've actually managed to write and put out there. It's quite remarkable, actually, because I've only been doing this since January, and it started out as a project to teach myself how to code in R. And I needed a data set to enable this activity. So I chose VAERS because I, I predicted with my background and seeing early that this didn't seem to be about public health, that the VAERS data set was going to become atypical. And I wasn't wrong. So you can scroll past the next two slides, I think, just for anyone who wants to, to look up the work. So the first one was general. The second one was about the pharmacovigilance of VAERS. It's meant to be a pharmacovigilance tool, which means that it's meant to be used as a safety signal generator by the FDA and, uh, and CDC to detect basically side effects that weren't detected in pre-market testing. So I answer questions as to whether or not it's being used as such in, in that paper. And the most recent is this myocarditis paper, which is in pre-proof phase, but pretty proud of that one. So I guess next slide, I, I just wanted to show you guys that I'm, I'm doing something practical with this. So very quickly today, I'm just going to give some general information about adverse events. That's what AEs is and talk a little bit about causation and then go on to something more specific, myocarditis. And I thought it would be important to bring up the female issues subject, which I haven't really done yet. And I also really want to mention the idea of the products, the injectable products themselves driving viral mutations in a very bad direction, not just toward like higher transmission or infectivity rates, but more virulent strains, which is, they're called variants of concern. This is very concerning and also vaccine failure. So next slide and the next slide and the next slide. So yeah, I, couple back to the definition of ad adverse event in case people don't know. It's one more ahead, I think. Yeah. So VAERS, by the way, it means va Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System. It's an acronym. And this is the, the data that I analyze is the data set from the U.S. And as lamentable as this system is, it's probably one of the best in the world. Um, and it has proven to be uh, very useful to me in pulling out or teasing out safety signals. So an adverse event is any untoward or unfavorable medical occurrence uh, that someone might undergo as part of a study or uh, research, which this is because it's the first time we've been we've been administering these kinds of products into humans. So this is the first bit of data I'm going to show you. So it's pretty potent. If you count the number of adverse events in VAERS per year, and you go back 10 years, you can actually go back 30 years because VAERS has existed for the last 30 years. 
and you just count them up and make a little bar and then you put those bars together and you compare them to how many adverse events are in VAERS in this year and this is only the ones associated with COVID-19, you see a stark difference. It's actually, if you look at a percent increase, it's over a thousand percent increase if you compare it to the mean of the uh, total adverse events for the last 10 years. And this is for all the vaccines combined. So uh, it's, it's not typical at all. Many people will say, well, there are more reports being made because there are more injections or there's more simulated reporting. No and no. These are both not the reasons we're seeing these dramatic differences in numbers. The other thing that we're seeing is a dramatic difference in the number of adverse event types. We have over 10,000 reported to VAERS right now, which has <laughs> never happened before as well. And one of the most alarming things about the adverse effects or the side effects associated with these COVID products is how completely systemic they seem to be. They're affecting the cardiovascular system, neurological system, immunological system, and they're inducing deaths. So this is the same plot as the one before, but more specific to the standalone adverse event, which is death. And we see the same kind of picture. It's very typical. There's over a 5,000% increase if you want to look at it that way. It's not normal. And again, this is not due to simulated reporting, and it's not due to differences in the numbers of products administered. It's about 50% for flu for the 2019-2020 season, and in people, I think, aged six months and older, and for the COVID products, it's about 50, 57%, I think. And next slide. I was alluding to this just now. So if you if you want to look at this from a numbers game in comparison to how many people have gotten two doses, which is FB fully vaccinated in quotation marks, it's up to about one in 324 people reporting an adverse event. So that's <laughs> anybody who doesn't look at that and say, whoa, is needs to look again. And this does not consider the underreporting factor. It's a well-known uh, thing in VAERS that underreporting is an issue. So that's something else I address in one of my papers. So you can look that up. Next slide. I'm not going as fast as I should. <laughs> so if you normalize to the people who've been administered two doses, this is a little earlier in the data, you get about one in 660 individuals who are reporting an immunological adverse event. So immunological, neurological, and cardiovascular groupings are, it's off the scales. And again, this doesn't consider the underreporting factor. So whatever the multiplication factor that you want to go with, you have to consider that. And then these numbers become even more dramatic. We're seeing very, the bottom line is we're seeing very atypical numbers we're seeing atypical uh, numbers of types of adverse events, and we're seeing systemic uh, problems in humans across the ages. So next slide. And next slide. So we're going to go into causation. So in order to, causation is notoriously difficult to, to prove when you're talking about biological data. One way to provide strong evidence to support an argument of causation is using something called the Bradford Hill criteria 
which is a list of 10 things that you should satisfy in order to provide a, a good argument that there is a causative effect. You can go to the next slide. And the most important one is temporality, of course, because you can't have causation if one thing doesn't come before the other. Next slide. So in the VAERS database, you have a number of dates listed. You have a vaccination date, you have an onset of adverse events date. So if you calculate, you can subtract those and calculate the amount of time that passed between the injection and the onset of the symptoms. And if you plot that on a two-dimensional plot against the percent of reported AEs and assume no causal relationship, you can go through the next slides quickly, then you would expect that there would be no, no dramatic, like you'd have some kind of oscillation perhaps or a straight line if you want to be more simplistic, but you'd expect the percentage of the reported AEs to be the same before or after, after or even before the injection. So the trajectory along the x-axis would have an even distribution about the y-axis if you assume no causation. But that's not what we see. So we see something like this. So this is the real data, which is doing exactly what I just described. You, you can go to the next slide. This is the real data, and you can go to the next slide too, which shows the, the percentage of reported deaths in VAERS this is updated, by the way, as of October 10th, I think, or whenever Friday was, against the amount of time that passed following the injections. So the point here is that you see a clustering of reports around zero and one, which means that many deaths are reported almost immediately, which means the deaths happened almost immediately. And this comprises about 50%. And you can go to the next slide. And this isn't only uh, seen in death. In my first paper, I checked many standalone AEs and I reported on cardiovascular, neurological, and immunological, the groupings, and I saw the same thing. Anaphylaxis is good as a positive control because anaphylaxis is an acute reaction followed by a trigger. So you would assume if this method, methodology or way of thinking about this was correct, that when you plotted the same data for anaphylaxis, you would see that most, if not all, of the reports were on made on day zero or in the time frame of zero because they're immediate. And that's what we see. We see 80-something percent. It's not perfect, but it's pretty good confirmation. You can go to the next slide. So that's just touching on causation. And you can go to the next slide. And this kind of rolls off the back of that. We're moving into a myocarditis now. There's a lot to unpack in this slide, but I'm going to make it quick. This provides evidence of causation because, okay, first of all, what this is a plot of all the myocarditis reports in VAERS by age and dose. So the x-axis is the age of the uh, individual and the y-axis is the number of reports. And the blue and the pink refer to dose one or dose two. So if there was no causative effect, we, someone has to explain why we see this huge discrepancy of the magnitude between dose one and dose two, first of all, in the young people. So that's what I have to say about this providing evidence for causation as well. But the take home message of this slide is, holy cow, what's going on with the young people here in myocarditis, especially boys aged 15 years. It's six times higher reporting rate for this group of people for dose two. 
I have some theories about why we're seeing this. This is the real data coming from theirs. And apparently, according to the CDC and the FDA, there's no reason to worry about this. I think there is based on this data. So you can go to the next slide. And female issues. Again, uh, this is something I haven't really been bringing into my presentations, but I think it's about time. I started mapping or I created a, a group of keywords that were associated with female reproductive issues a couple of months ago when I started hearing women talk about this. And this includes a wide range of adverse events from spontaneous abortion to dysmenorrhea. And you'll notice there are almost uh, 10,000 reports, which is just a fraction of the actual number of women who are suffering. And most of them are made in women between the ages of 30 and 40. And about a third of these are, are spontaneous abortions. I also want to call everyone's attention to the far right column with our uh, very elderly ladies, uh, a lady who's 92, another 93, and another 94 started bleeding abnormally. Someone has to explain that to me. And this is in temporal proximity to having these injections. Atypical, not normal, not good. Next slide. And so the last little bit I want to throw into this quick presentation is the concept of us causing more problems than good by our very rushed vaccine or injection rollout. And the fact that we we appear to be seeing a vaccine failure from our data, especially uh, the data coming out of Israel. So next slide. So this is beautiful phylogenetic tree care of next strain. And if you guys don't know about next strain, you should go look them up right away. This is a, a team of brilliant people. I found them actually over a year ago when this pandemic was declared. And I, I, I actually have to admit, I, I forgot about them for a little while. And then I was reminded and the amount of data that's in there now compared to when I started looking is, is great. So here's a phylo tree, as we call it, uh, which kind of looks like if you draw the line, this red line, which is the date of the start of the rollout of the products into Israel and the US. It's like sometime around mid-December 14th, I believe. It, it looks like these two large clusters of alpha and delta variants just kind of started right after that happened. And it begs the question, did these variants get out of control or even arise because of the pressure that was on the virus from these products? population level or individual level? It really does beg this question. You can go to the next slide. I'm just trying to make you guys think. And next slide, vaccine failure. All right, so the definition of a vaccine failure is the occurrence of a specific disease in, a, in an individual despite previous vaccination. And from all of my work now, that's exactly how you define a breakthrough infection. And breakthrough infections are one of the adverse events I've been tracking from the very beginning. And we're up to over 20,000 now reported in the U.S. And again, this isn't age uh, related. It's not just in old people or young people or, or people of a certain age demographic. This is across the board. So what that makes me think immediately is if people are 
It's so strange. People are afraid to get COVID, so they go out and they get injected, and then they get injected again. They end up getting COVID, and some of them end up dying. So to, to me, that really does equate to a vaccine failure. You can go to the next slide. I don't remember what's next. All right, so this is also just a thinker, okay? I'm not going to make any claims here. So Israel's a really interesting place to look at from a data point of view because we're first. And we have so many people who've already gotten three doses. That's what this beautiful plot on the right is from Our World in Data, another amazing data source, by the way. The phylo tree on the left, the phylogenetic tree, is just Israel. This is just the, the Delta variant, the 21A. And so it's interesting to me, when I put the two or the three or the four plots that represent the boosters, the increase in cases, because there's a massive increase in cases of COVID in Israel, and the, the deaths as well. And the Delta variant, which is at 98.18% of the, the sequences, they all line up. It's, they're all happening in tandem. So it's really hard to say what came first or if something else is driving the other. But for those of us who know anything about viral mutation and what an evolutionary pressure that causes them the mutations to increase in some cases and how variants of concern originate or emerge, this is one way that it can happen. So we have to be really careful here and we're not being careful. We're, we've been very lucky so far with this virus. It's highly transmissible, which is fine. It's even better because everyone can get it, but it's not dangerous. We've been very lucky. And if we keep pushing our luck with this, we're going to end up with something really transmissible and really dangerous. And that's the truth. Yurt van den Bosch has been saying this from the beginning. And if anyone knows, he does. And I completely agree with him. So next slide. What did I do next? Ah, yes. So to conclude, <laughs> uh, the adverse events are on the rise. They're still rising despite the rate of injections going down, especially in the U.S. And I predict that we are starting to see an increase in the adverse event reporting system based on the new injection-induced disease that we're seeing. There's some kind of post-COVID injection phenomenon going on physiologically that many of us are trying to define now more carefully. Very importantly, the onus is on the opponents of causation on that subject to prove that there is no causative relationship. I've asked this of people since, I don't know, May, March, whenever I put out my first paper, I'm absolutely willing to be wrong. I'm absolutely open to people's opinions on why we're seeing what we're seeing if it's not causation, not just from my, my temporal uh, proximity plots, but from all the data that's accumulating that pretty much guarantees that these things are causing the problems. And, and yeah, vaccine failure, big, big topic. The Israeli data is indicating a lack of protective immunity because 80-something percent of people, regardless of age, who are ending up in the hospital and with COVID now are the doubly injected people. That's true. And it doesn't prevent transmission. It never did. So my recommendations are to teach the immune system is best. And natural immunity is the best. Keep your vitamin D up, zinc, vitamin C, be healthy, eat good food, drink good water. And in the case of COVID, promote early treatment with known efficacious and safe products like ivermectin and hydrochloroquine. 
I have a long list of people here that uh, I, I like to acknowledge. You can go see her whole um, PowerPoint. It's on my Telegram until it gets off take, taken off Telegram. I was going to go more into stuff, but I thought I'm not going to keep this one long. I talked about so much, and then I shared so much. And I just sending my prayers and my love with you, and I hoping that this finds you at a good headspace where you make healthy choices with your mind, body, soul, and spirit. God bless.